This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Hey, everyone. We're here with Rachel. You could tell today we are going to chat. You know, Rachel is officially in our fold. She is going to be on our Patreon a lot coming up. I know, I know. You all love Kim D. Well, guess what? Some of you love Kim the best. Some of you love Sarah the best. Some of you are telling me you love Rachel the best. Some of you love Melissa Rivers the best. Can it just be, why does it have to be one, two, three, or four? Can't we all just be David's angels? But Rachel's going to be on the Patreon. Uh, she's really into the strike, and I'm really into the strike. Look, is Bethany lost her mind? Has she lost her mind and she's eating seafood and it's spilling out all over her in the hotel room? Or is this really a moment that is going to change history forever? Let's not think we know the answer. I'm really curious as to how this kind of unfolds. So Rachel is kind of deep into the strike, so we're going to be working that into our Patreon. I mean, New Jersey is not even on the air and 98% of you are telling me you guys are not even going to watch New Jersey. So we're keeping it. We have a broad po podcast here that's keeping everything in the mix. So Rachel will be on our Patreon coming up. This chat, you, we really get to know Rachel more. I mean, you know, the whole Tiger Woods. And Rachel's such an interesting person. But we also talk about Scandal and stuff going on in the Bravo world. So sit back, kick back, and enjoy this chat. I really listened to this last night, and I hate listening to my own voice. This one is really way 
it's a, it's a good one. I, I'm really happy with this episode. So I hope you guys like it. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined in studio by the one, the only, she's looking so great, Miss Rachel Yucatel. Hi. <laughs> I mean, welcome back. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. You know, I mean, I would ask you, first of all, you were last on Behind the Velvet Rope April 5th, 2021, almost two whole years ago. I'm so impressed that you looked that up. Listen, I'm a professional, honey. I do know that. I, I mean, know. I would ask you what you've been up to, but I just saw you on Friday night for drinks. So I know, that's I know true. what you've been up to. <laughs> but I want to start by saying welcome to the game, Misunderstood. Thank with Rachel you. Yugatel, you are now a podcaster, girl. I am. Thank you. With all your help, I barely got your attention, but I did, and you helped me. So thank you. You got more of my attention than most people get, sweetie. Oh, I'm I'm very honored. But look, I mean, we have a lot to cover here today. We have the new podcast. You have great celebrity interviews. I mean, you started with Dax from TMZ. You've had Perez Hilton. Rumor is you have Stormy Daniels coming up, girl. Yeah, I'm this very excited. I'm I'm actually, I feel really lucky that I jumped into this and I've been able to get the kind of guests that I have because as we talked about this, you know, we were like, listen, this cannot be guest driven. You don't know how it's going to go. But since I started, it's been like just guest after guest that's really good. And only so far, I think five or six episodes have come out, but I have filmed even more. And then on the docket, I'm actually booked through the end of May so with guests. I mean, I'm not going to even have a show that's just me at all that I can think of yet. So thank God. Um, and I You're feel really, really, really lucky. And I barely have had any help booking guests. So I'm really lucky. I'm in sort of the incoming phone call business right now. People have seen that I've launched my podcast and they're DMing me saying, hey, I have a client I want to get on. Or some people are actually texting me saying, I'd like to come on your show. And these are celebrities, you know, um, or uh, and also I have just been reaching out to people and they're saying yes. So I feel really lucky. Well, it took us like four years to get there. So bask in your four-week glory <laughs> and send us a little Stormy Daniels over here, girl. Go through our roster, pick someone you want. <laughs> we want a little Stormy well, Daniels. Well, I have a background with her. So, I, you know, I knew her from Vegas. She lived kind of near me. We had some mutual friends and I have a, a, a story with her from when we lived there together and she had contacted me 10 years ago. So um, we did have a little bit of a background. So I, I do feel lucky that I was able to get her. She's a good one. Well, listen, I mean, your podcast is called Misunderstood. You're really interviewing people that are kind of misunderstood by the media. Yeah. So I picked it obviously on purpose. I was very, <clears throat> you know, specific in my name. It's misunderstood spelled M-I-S-S. Um, like Miss Yucatel, mis misunderstood. Um, and, I, you know, I have felt misunderstood my whole life. So it is a theme um, for me. It's people that I want to take and see the human behind the headline. I feel like it's people that have really been reduced to, you know, a, na a different narrative than what is their own. And I want to make sure that my show really can um, get to the bottom of something that should be um, – 
you know, understood in a different way or a spotlight is put on them, the person or a theme, you know, even if we don't have a specific guest, maybe we're talking about a subject in a different way to shed a different light on it, whether it's relationships like narcissistic people or being in narcissistic relationships or, um, you know, I have um, somebody coming on today, as a matter of fact, in the porn industry. So we're going to be talking about what's misunderstood about the porn industry. So I find that all very fascinating because these are all topics that are misunderstood. So it might not be just a person who's misunderstood, but an actual industry or theme. I love that. Some of my favorite interviews I've done here are the misunderstood people. I, I'm all about this. I'm all about your podcast. But who, but who's not misunderstood? I mean, you don't have to be famous to be misunderstood, right? I think it's a universal theme. I think everybody feels it. And it's, I mean, underlying everybody, I mean, I think, and I could be totally wrong, it's how I feel, but I think everyone's fear is to be misunderstood. You know, if you speak up and you say your truth, I think the fear in that is that you will be misunderstood or people might not get you or, you know, you might feel different or seem different and that can be really scary. So, um, you know, or you might have made mistakes in your life like me and you might be misunderstood for them and you really, it might take you down a path in your life that really changes your life and people might, um, you know, give you a stigma that is totally not who you are and it really can ruin your life and you might be misunderstood for that and um so how do you navigate and get away from that and especially when you are in the spotlight it's really hard because people create a narrative for you and how do you get away from that narrative and start over again so i think it's really important to realize that being misunderstood is a universal theme and to correct that and start over is also you know something that everybody has to go through well, yes. I mean, I think if anyone is well versed to hold to host a misunderstood to podcast, hold court on the subject, to hold, to hold court me. on the subject. Well, listen, it's almost fifteen years since two thousand and nine mm-hmm. when you know we had this infamous, you know, Tiger Woods and his then wife Ellen is running out with a golf club and she's chasing him and he yes, all this stuff that you love to talk about, Rachel. But <laughs> I mean, I'm as I'm being sarcastic, but it's been fifteen years. You know, I mean. Like, what was that like, you know, for you? We don't, we're not going to go into the tiger. It's all out there. But, like, you know, like, do you really define your life in terms of, like, pre-tiger and post-tiger? Because you made national headlines when that happened. Well, I don't define it that way, but other people define it that way for me. And that's very difficult. I mean, you know, he's in the headlines all the time or that situation is in the headlines and my name gets dragged into it. So that is very difficult for me. It affects me in my daily life all the time because I can't get away from it, even though I've tried to steer my life away from it. And that's been very difficult. So, um, you know, there are people in my life that are like, why can't you get over it? Why are we still talking about it? I'm not still talking about it. I've never, you know, tried to be, I've never tried to speak about it. But, you know, it keeps getting brought up because it's one of the, you know, one of the biggest talked about subjects and comebacks and downfalls and all these different ways people want to categorize it. And so my name gets dragged into that. Um, and so, you know, how did it feel being part of it? Uh, it was very difficult. But what people don't realize is that there was one individual who was driving towards a cliff, and I just happened to be in the passenger seat with them when they went over it. So I became famous, but I wasn't really the one that deserved the infamy for, for it. 
Right. Like, it would have happened to this person regardless. Yeah. I mean, anyone could have been in that, in that passenger seat with him. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Honey Love, you guys know how I feel about Honey Love. But it's because I've got Honey Love Shaper and I've sent it to all of our regular co-hosts, Kim D, Rachel, you could tell, Sarah Fraser. I could keep going and they all love it. So why wouldn't I love it? If my girls are happy, I'm happy, right? But Honey Love really is the best shaper. I mean, it's wedding season. It's the summer. If you have an event coming up, you have to go to Honey Love. Their best-selling item is the Super Power Short. The Super Power Short from Honey Love has targeted compression technology that helps you distinguish between the areas you want more support and the areas where you need less compression. Brilliant, right? Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body. There's also a booty lifter, but it doesn't stop there. Listen, Honey Love is more than just shapewear and sculptwear. They have incredibly comfortable bras, tanks, leggings. Treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com velvet. Use our exclusive link to get 20 20% off honeylove.com slash velvet. How did, I mean, there was no rule book. There was no, you know, Instagram or TikTok or anything like that. But I mean, like, what was that like for you? Like one day you're walking down the street. Yes, you were on, you know, we have this 9-11 event. You were on the cover of page six or the post. But like this really, your name was everywhere. So like just as a human being, what was that like? Right. right. So I had been in the press before because my face had been on the cover of almost every newspaper in the world 10 years before, a whole decade before. And I had seen what it had been like to be um, the face of something. But that was obviously much different. And I had gotten so much support. I mean, honestly, that got me through my fiance dying. I mean, for those of you listening that don't know, my fiance was killed in the World Trade Center. A, a picture that the Associated Press had taken circulated throughout the world. And I started getting letters and phone calls and uh, people wanted to know what happened to Andy and if they found him and how I was doing. And I was this fresh-faced 26-year-old girl looking for my fiance. You know, I had lost my whole life and I didn't know what to do. And people, that was 
everyone's connection with the World Trade Center that didn't have an actual connection to the World Trade Center. And it kind of makes me emotional just thinking about it because it was so sad for people that really wanted something to hold on to. They wanted to know what happened to him. And it was, um, I was their conduit kind of to, they they really looked hard, you know, for him. And that was so nice. So it was all, it was, you know, it made it easier than like, you know, if my fiance had gotten hit by a bus and I, no one knew about it. And it was just me mourning him, me and his family, right? It was the whole, you know, everyone that was following his story, you know, was like checking in with me. And I couldn't go through a day without letters coming to my house, phone calls, you know, emails. It was incredible. I mean, some some stranger wrote an actual song for me and like published it. It was incredible, you know, and it really helped me get through that time. So I actually didn't have a breakdown about September 11th and losing my fiance until an entire year later. I had to actually take a um, absence from work. Uh, I was working in Bloomberg News at the time. A, an entire year later, I, I had to leave and left work for about a month. Um, but it, it, that was hard. So anyways, to get back to your question, um, I had been in the news before. And, you know, I it's not like I was not accustomed to also being around, you know, people or celebrities. I mean, I knew what it was like to be in the news a little bit. I worked in a newsroom. I, you know, I, I, um, so I, you know, but being on the cover of, um, all these, you know, I worked with celebrities at this point in my life, I worked in the nightclub industry. So my job was to take care of celebrities and protect them and be their gatekeeper. Um, so I had been actually on, um, I forget what it was called at the time. It wasn't TMZ, but there was some paparazzi photos and I had been photographed with Ryan Seacrest and Stephen Dorff and a couple other um, celebrities. And that was really scary to me because they kind of outed me as being with some people and not so nice comments came out and I was like really horrified. But um, it was awful. I mean, to have all of a sudden – you know, 50 paparazzi outside your house, the entire world talking about you um, like they know you when they didn't, um, literally not having one friend or family member calling to be like, come home or come here. Let me take care of you. I got you. Let me come to your house. Are you what are you going through? Like literally no one helped me. No one wanted to be around me. And I was literally by myself. I mean, um, I had no one. And that was really hard. So I had to navigate that by myself. So I also um, see myself as like a guru of crisis management because I had to figure out what to do in that scenario to protect myself because everyone was talking about me in a way and I had to figure out what I was going to do to protect not only my reputation but the truth and who I was. I mean, everyone wanted to attack me and make a monster out of me and um, – there was a website at the time. Do you remember the Dirty? Yeah. Yeah. And and they were saying such awful things and trying to get all this dirt. It was run by um, – well, anyways, it doesn't matter. But, you know, it, it, all these awful things and people were creating fake accounts. And I had run a nightclub at the time. And, you know, everyone who, who just walked through the nightclub – I mean, you would talk about 5,000 people a weekend, right? So – if they didn't like me, they'd be like, oh, I know Rachel, you could tell. Let me tell you a story about Rachel. I didn't know any of these people, but they just wanted to be a part of the story, right? So I, it was just a really difficult, dark time. 
<laughs> were you scared to like leave your house like with all these paparazzi out? I mean, were people following you? Of course. I mean, there are shots that are still kind of iconic that, you know, people that weren't uh, don't may not remember that time, but these are like iconic shots where I'm like walking my two dogs at the time. I had these great dogs, Ozzy Osbourne and Rudy Giuliani, and I lived on 14th Street. And I had, I'm not kidding, 50 paparazzi following me around the block. And I had a Range Rover at the time too. And there's all these shots of me getting in the Range Rover with the dogs. And I couldn't even get in. The paparazzi was all over me that the dogs were getting like kicked out of the way. I mean, the dogs were, I mean, and then eventually the paparazzi became somewhat friendly to me and would help me with the dogs. And, you know, and there was a time when I'm on my friend's back running down the street because they were chasing us back from the gym. Um, you know, I had to get a dog walker to walk the dogs instead. Um, and then, and then literally I got on a plane and left and went down to Florida. Um, very quickly soon after. But then they camped out in front of the house in Florida, too. I mean, it did not go away. This was not a 15 minutes of fame. It was much longer. The paparazzi will find you wherever you go, right? Well, nowadays, it's more like you call the paparazzi if you're famous. And you alert them where you are because you want to have photographs taken of you. Back then, it was not as much like that. They they knew what they were doing. They followed you. They camped outside your house. It was a totally different scenario back then. I was definitely not calling the paparazzi. I didn't even know how, how that worked back then. Did you get like death threats? Like how scary did it? Like did it get scary? No, there was, was no scary. there was no death threats. I mean, it was. I mean, listen, no one was calling my phone besides people in the media. I mean, I would pick up the phone, it was Harvey Levin. I would pick up the phone, it was the Post. I would pick up the phone, it was the Sun. I would pick up the phone, it was the Daily Mail. You know, I don't know how these people got my phone number, but there was no one from my past life. Everybody dropped me. No one wanted anything to do with me because it was the biggest story in the world. Well, they say you find out who your friends are in moments of crisis. Yeah. Like, and who's going to stick by you. Yeah. Well, right. So, I mean, that's where you are well-versed to host this podcast. I mean, the media painted you as, you know, a home wrecker. Mm -hmm. I believe Joy Behar from um, The View called you a hooker. Yeah, and that was pretty crazy. You know, I'm I'm actually sort of shocked that kind of never came up again because in the HBO documentary, I think they even played that again. Um, you know, ABC made her apologize. You know, a hooker is an illegal profession. So she was made to apologize because it's one thing to be like, oh, she's, you know, a floozy or she's, you know, you can comment, I guess, about something you feel about someone. But to say I'm an illegal, you know, I'm doing illegal things. They said, you could tell. She was making fun of my last name. Rachel, you could tell. You can't tell she's a hooker. I was so offended that a woman in a position of power like Joy Behar could call me a hooker because I was accused of being a mistress of a famous man like Tiger. Why wasn't she commenting about him cheating allegedly on his wife? But instead, she was calling me, the woman involved, a hooker. Like, why wasn't anyone like, wait, how dare you say that? Is she a hooker? Where'd you get your facts? Like, I thought that was incredible. And I thought that, you know, first of all, we did a lot. Gloria Allred, my lawyer at the time, did a lot 
to force ABC to make her apologize. And she kind of said it begrudgingly, you know, the next day on air or whatever. Um, But, you know, I never personally heard from her. It wasn't something like later on after she thought about it that she was like, hey, you know, that was kind of awful. I'm sorry that I did that. And I would have thought that now, like after all this time that's gone on or even the Me Too stuff, like women were really the worst to me. It wasn't men. It was women. And I, I... you know, I still feel like she owes me an apology or she should at least address her behavior because I think, um, you know, that's so awful to always blame the woman and say such nasty things, especially in a position of power like that. You can't do that. I was nothing of the sort. And that took my credibility away in such a crazy way. And just to apologize, you think that's going to do anything to a completely different audience the next day or a couple days later? That was incredibly um wrong and disturbing and and again my credibility was all i had and i had nothing at that point anymore i'm still angry about that i mean the view is a pretty national platform when that's happening oh yeah i mean the fact that she's still on that show and this was before people were canceled i mean talking about people being canceled like that somebody should have gotten canceled for that, don't Do you, you think, think? Joy Behar should be canceled. Well, listen. I mean, I used to be a fan of Joy Behar. I still am. I mean, I remember when she had that show. Um, you know, whatever she had a nighttime show or a show on a different network when she wasn't on. Um, I think it was called the Joy Behar Show, maybe. And and I thought she was great. I used to love watching her on that. So I was so offended when she would say something, when she said something so ignorant. Do I think she needs to be canceled? No. But do I think she needs to sit back and think about the power of her words? Yeah. You never run into her? I mean, you're uptown. She's uptown. (laughs) I mean, it's a small, New York's a small place. No. Do I ever run into her? No. (laughs) At Elio's? No. Yeah. At like Elio's. Did you, when all of this was happening and the media painted this, you know, vision of you and they were saying these things, like what Joy was saying, I mean, did you ever like have dark days? Did you ever question yourself or were you so true to who you were and you understand, you know what I mean? Like, Are you nuts? Of course I had dark days. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, it affects your mental health, you know? you. I mean, when you're at almost like rock bottom of the whole world hating you, like talk about everyone literally hating you. What do you want to do? You know, you, you, you know, you have your own thoughts that play out in your head when you turn out the lights and you're by yourself on your pillow at night and you have no one. I mean, that's like the worst. And I, it, it really was awful. I mean, people don't get how awful that was. So it's one thing to make a mistake, right? And then feel bad about your mistake or, you know, re- sit with regret or sit with, um, fear or sit with these emotions that you have because of something you did and something you somebody you hurt or you know uh, you know something you're going through within that group of, of people that you're dealing with but then to have the entire world the entire nation everybody coming down on you like you're the monster i mean that was incredible. People really don't understand that was what that was like. And for me to even describe it to people, you know, and people be like, oh, yeah, God, that must have been awful. It actually makes me mad sometimes because I'm like, no, 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 you don't get it. I know everything about crisis management. I know everything about what it's like for people to be misunderstood in a situation like that. You know, 
Pe- people really don't get what that does to someone's mental health. I do. I know what that does to somebody. And I watch people bullying people on social media, and I see what that does. And it's and it is very similar. But you know, you didn't have social media where these idiots can comment on things. But it's much different when the media is creating a narrative for the public's consumption to keep feeding off of. You know, and that is so dangerous um, because people just continue to feed on that. And it's incredibly, it's just incredibly dangerous for the people that are going through it, but also the public, because then they think that they have, that they're entitled to keep commenting on stuff like that and pushing someone down, almost because they're triggered by it in their own life. And it makes them feel better to push someone down and talk about how awful someone else's life is. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Yeah, it's like the mom mentality. Yeah, yeah. So I got to be the monster for everybody. And and it's still I still see it in people today. I mean, when I meet people now and, you know, everything's fine, and let's say I have a falling out with someone, it has nothing to do with anything relating to 2009, but inevitably somehow that comes out in in an email or an angry word. Well, you're nothing but a or, you really? know, oh yeah. It always comes back to that, you know. Does it follow you then like into a room today? Like when you meet new people, are they like, nice to meet you? Oh, wait, you know who that is. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, half the time I, you know, I try not to see it. I try to walk in the room and, you know, address each person individually and hope that, you know, they – give me the benefit of the doubt when they meet me. And for the most part, when people meet me one-on-one, they're like, oh, she's so much different than what I've read. Or, you know, you get the opposite. People are very excited to meet me because they've read so much about me and they want to be my best friend and they think that they know me, you know? So I don't trust anybody anymore. So I'm very closed off. I keep my friends very small. I'm very much... um, to myself and somewhat of a recluse um and my life is just not as you know big and full as people might think but it's because of what happened to me and do you think okay yes we are talking about it here today despite the Mm -hmm. fact that you were like let's not talk too much about tiger but it's really about you but like do you think there'll ever be an interview that you do that this won't come up uh well i i mean i don't know i i uh, people always want to know, I guess, what it was like. I mean, it's a part of my life, just like September 11th is a part of my life. And I think people are always curious. Um, but I mean, hopefully people will know me for different things going forward. I'm always trying to be like a renaissance person and always trying to reinvent myself. So it's Rachel Yucatel, comma, something completely different. So people are interviewing me about something else. It always does tend to steer back to that for other people. But as long as that is a trajectory for people to interview me about something else, I'm okay with it because I realize that that sometimes is what gets me in the door. So, I mean, I I have to go with what I'm given. 
That makes sense. What about, like, I know you've talked throughout the years about, like, your NDA, which you've signed. Like, what is the status of that? Because you were part of this HBO documentary. Like, is that over? Like, um, I, I don't want to talk much about that. All I'll say is that I do believe NDAs are important um, for people. I am just not a proponent of signing NDAs if you're signing them to cover up people's bad behavior. So I also feel like... You know, I'm a great person to talk to as a connoisseur on NDAs. Um, you know, if anybody wants to talk to me about one they might have to sign, you can DM me on Instagram. Um, but um, I, you know, yeah, signing NDAs is a really tricky scenario and can get you in a lot of trouble. So uh, it's something I've struggled with for, for 14 years. And I'm very glad that that, you know, I had a piece come out in the New York Times. It's like a 20-minute read. I know it's a really long read, but it was a phenomenal piece that they did. And it really explained how tough my life has been signing one. Right, because, I mean, you talk about relating it to your podcast, people that are misunderstood. Now you're misunderstood, and technically you're not supposed to talk about it throughout all these years. Right, but um, – and the legal battle of cutting your voice sort of and what that does to you. Um, but why why people sign things and, and why, if you sign them – you might want to talk later. And it's not about dirty details. That's a totally different scenario. And again, I don't want to get into it, but people can read that New York Times article if they want. Um, it's, but, you know, being in a battle just to have your voice back, just so you could talk about who you are so that you're not misunderstood is the issue. I mean, I was breaking my NDA just by uh, anyone doing an article on me just by saying, oh, Rachel's pregnant or Rachel is getting her hair done, whatever the article might have been about, that was breaking the NDA. That was crazy. That was nuts. Just for me being, quote unquote, somewhat famous or a public figure or anything. If I wanted to do a podcast, that could be breaking an NDA. I had to disappear from life. And that's not fair. I'm a person. I was a person before. I'm a person after. I can't just go put my head in the mud. I have to make a living. I have a daughter. It's not fair. So you can't say just because I got, quote, unquote, famous because of you that um, I'm not allowed to make a living because you think that my living is always based on you. I don't want anything to do with you. I just need to make a living going forward. No one's going to hire me as a school teacher. No one's going to hire me for certain things anymore. So I have to do what I can do. But I don't want to talk about that scenario. But I, I need to be able to do something, right? So that yeah. that's what I was trying to get my voice back for. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> I think so. <laughs> you know, that you're not allowed to talk about going to get a haircut just because you signed an NDA. Yeah. Well, it, I, the media is not allowed to talk about it, right? So if, you know, if I'm spotted somewhere and I'm in the paper for it, that could be considered breaking my NDA. Anytime I was in the paper, it was considered breaking the NDA. That's not, that's not fair. I should have agency to be my own famous person. I was, fa I was quote unquote famous before because I had my picture in the paper, right? From 9-11. Right. So I was a person before. Um, so that was the point. And the, status now is different because you have a podcast now the status now is different i mean i i have the bottom line is i have been able to um make my point known and get amazing lawyers um that worked pro bono for me that believed in my cause that helped me i had very bad lawyers before um and you know i i uh have people that that believed in me so I'll well, that has that. to be 
Like, do you feel like that has to be like a weight has been lifted off your shoulders, right? I mean, this podcast now exists. We have Perez. We have Stormy Daniels coming. Like, you're able to speak, right? Yeah. And again, it's just because I want the platform to um, be able to let other people who have been in the same situation that have felt misunderstood be able to come in and uh, talk about their situations because that makes me feel like I'm doing something, right? It makes me feel like I'm offering something um, that I'm moving forward in life instead of always talking about the past. Like to me, that feels good. Why do you think the media is so like why? It is a mob mentality. It comes and it passes and there's another story. But why? Why are we as like a culture so obsessed with someone's downfall, so to speak? I mean – It's really interesting because it's the same people that build someone up are always the same people that are pulling them back down when they get to the top of the pedestal, right? So, um, you know, I think, you know, I don't know why it happens that way, but it's, it's really difficult to watch, but it's a lot of smoke and mirrors also too. You know, you see a lot of, um, people that are not living in reality and, um, and they are living a total smoke and mirrors life. And people are just obsessed with this kind of reality TV and reality, um, everything being, you know, really exaggerated. And it makes people's lives at home feel better to watch that explosion happen because then when they get home from work, they can sit there and watch how everybody else's life is exploding. And theirs that seems so boring is you know, not so boring anymore because it's at least calm, right? I mean, I'm guessing. I don't know. Um, But that's why, you know, people are reading those magazines or they're watching those Dateline episodes, you know, or they're – all those things are really – or watching all that reality TV that you cover. I mean, all that stuff has such high ratings because it's – everything is on such a heightened level, right? So these huge scandals with – infidelity or murder or whatever, like the Murdoch murders, um, you know, everybody was so into that a couple weeks ago, right? Because nobody could believe this guy would, you know, kill his son and his wife, um, you know, and do all these deceitful things. And the whole nation was watching and obsessed with this guy in the South. And Instead of being disgusted, I mean, everyone was disgusted, but at the same time, everybody was like feeding on it, right? Yeah. And it was this drama that nobody could believe and just like sucking on all the, you know, the information from it. So I just think it's very interesting. What about, you know, because you are, you know, you could talk on misunderstood, you could talk about someone being misrepresented in the media, but you can also talk about like NDAs having gone through this. Like, what do you think of like Tiger's current situation, like with his girlfriend that he broke up with? I guess he kicked her out of the house when she was on vacation. And now she has an NDA that she signed. It's a little different than yours, right? Because she signed it in the beginning. Well, again, I mean, we're just speculating because these are two people that we don't know their situation. So um, I I think um, from what we're seeing in the news, um, she broke her NDA by bringing it into a public court. And she did that to try and get it out of arbitration. Arbitration is where NDAs go to get hidden and die and where no one can hear what happens. And she did not want that to happen because she felt overpowered by all of his, you know, 
lawyers and money, and she didn't think she would win in arbitration. So I think her strategy or her lawyer strategy there was to get this in public court because obviously the media would see what was happening, and she would get the court of public opinion on her side, and she would get all this uh, media play from it, which she did. Now it's probably getting pulled back into arbitration, and he'll either get pissed and, you know, she's thinking, you know, he'll either get pissed and pay her off and so this won't go any further or now he's really pissed and she won't get anything but um who knows how that will end because it'll all get you know it'll all be very quiet from this point on you know maybe or you know it won't be but i think you know what's interesting about her people have said to me do you want to have her on your podcast right i did make a statement about that saying um sure she can come on my podcast we could sit in silence for 30 minutes courtesy of Tiger Woods NDAs, you know, I made a joke about it. But in reality, people were like, oh, what would you talk to her about? You have so much in common. But no, I would not sit here and talk to her about Tiger and all that stuff. What is interesting about her is I would say, well, who are you? No one knows one thing about you. You know, clearly she signed an NDA because we didn't hear a peep out of her, right? In those five, six years that she was with him. That was obviously on purpose. She wasn't allowed to make a statement, be her own person. So the only interesting thing about Erica is what is interesting about you? Who are you? No one knows anything about her. Um, so I think she was in the hospitality business when they originally met, working at his one of his restaurants or something. I mean, listen, I'm not going to get so into this, but like if I was going to do an interview, I would just be like, where'd you come from? What's your history about? Who were you before you met him? What have you been doing? And what are you going to do now that your boyfriend broke up with you? And, you know, who are you going to be now that you are not someone's girlfriend, somebody's famous, somebody who's famous girlfriend anymore, you know? Um, so, I mean, that's what's interesting to me about her. Um, but the Tiger stuff isn't famous. I mean, she, maybe she's trying to get out of her NDA because she wants to t tell all these stories about what it was like to be his girlfriend. But... That's not so interesting to me. What's interesting to me is more like who the hell is this girl that he found interesting for six years? So there must be something interesting about her. Right. Like to me, it's like your situation is different to me because the media painted you one way. They're not really painting her any way. It's like why would you – why do you even care? I, mean, I don't I guess think anyone knows anything about her nor do they care. But I think – you know, I, I think it'll all blow over and no one will care either way. But I mean, if she was, you know, if she was smart, she would want people to – she should have made a business for herself while she was with him. She should – you know, she should have done something so she could have been a person on her own. I think that's the curse of the Tiger Woods women is that no one is given agency to be their own person besides being known as an ex of – Tiger, Tiger Woods. Woods. Yeah. So that becomes the curse. Do you want her on your podcast? Sure. Are you going to book her for me? Sure. I mean, <laughs> if you, maybe you should do a... Do I have to pay you $250? You do me? not have to pay me anything. I mean, I'd like to book her on this podcast. Yeah. So when I'm done with her, you can have her. Okay. But I mean, she... Yeah, you might just... You should do a mock podcast and just sit there in silence for yeah. 30 minutes yeah, and fun. just turn the mics off and be like, guys, that's all we can talk about. Yeah. We can knit or something. We could do something interesting. You know, I mean, I think it must be some money play. That's how I feel about her. I mean, not that we need to harp on this. We can move on. But like, 
I don't know. I just don't understand why you really care. Like, I guess you want to talk and tell your story, but at the same time, it's like we all break up with people, right? Or get dumped. Everyone gets dumped. Everybody breaks up. I don't think anyone cares about it, but I think she probably feels like the only thing worthy is to tell her story about what she went through when she dated him. So my message would be like, Erica, become your own person. Be worthy of something else besides who you were as his girlfriend. That would be, you know, my advice. That's your advice to Erica. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, I mean, we mentioned these great guests you've had on your podcast. You had Dr. Drew, you have Mom and June coming up. Mm-hmm. Do you want Tiger? Oh, God. <laughs> no. 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 Okay, so if Tiger Woods calls you right now. Uh, stop. We're not going to do this. And says, I would like to come on your podcast. You don't want him. No. Okay. I'm not having this conversation. Uh, well, I mean, I can't be the first person in the, the five weeks that you've had a podcast that's asked you this question. Well, I guess it would get really big ratings. So sure, I would take him. I mean, it might be your highest rated episode ever. <laughs> might be any anyone's highest rated episode. Yeah. Do you have like an ideal guest like you would love? Yes. I want Conrad Murray. Yeah. I think he would be great. Um, the doctor who was found responsible for killing Michael Jackson. Um, and I'm, I've been in touch with his people. Unfortunately, unfortunately, he wants money for his story. And, um, you know, I, yeah, a lot do. So I'm not going to shame him for that. Um, and they, that, that's their prerogative. They're entitled for that. But, you know, I don't agree with taking money for your story just because it makes it, so awkward, you know, about people who want to get their story out. I believe that if you are someone in that scenario that is so misunderstood, like Conrad uh, or Dr. Murray, excuse me, um, that you should find the right outlet. Doesn't have to be mine, but you should find that right outlet and tell your story the right way, you know, and it should not be about money. Maybe he needs the money, maybe, you know, but the money will come. You know, eventually, but, you know, he should be more willing to tell his story and not make it about the money is my personal opinion. I'm not just saying that because I want him for free, but uh, that's my personal opinion. How much money did he want? Should I actually tell you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I have a guess. Okay, tell me. I would think 10000 No. More? More. 50000 50000 That's literally insane. So insane. I guessed it on the second guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, right, like, I don't even think, like, a GMA or Kelly and Ryan. Well, no, because media, like, that doesn't pay. Right. So it's just a shame. But, you know. And what is your story, really? I mean. What is his story? Well, everyone has a story, but then you have to look at someone. And I mean, there's plenty of people. Well, I want to hear his story. We can't make up a story for him. I mean. We can't. He has a story. He got out of jail. I want to hear his story. But sometimes you pay someone. I mean, we've never paid someone here-ish, but (laughs) we've paid one or two people, but that's it. But, you know, someone tells you a story and you look at them and you're like, is this really the story? I mean, that's my thing. Right, right, right. I mean, first of all, we're not paying no one $50,000. Right, right, right. Let's just back up, guys. Sometimes you could pay someone like – and chalk it up to travel expenses over makeup or whatever. But that's – I had one 80s legend who said, I'm going broke doing podcasts because uh, I'm spending so much money on hair and makeup. And you want video? I'm like, I want video. And they were like, Are, the hair and makeup's 400 You have to cover it. I'm like, 
done. Far. Yeah. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Like, I want you. Let's cross you off the list. I want you on my podcast. Yeah. Did she have big '80s hair when she was done? She did not, and she was lovely. Oh, are but you, are you going to tell me who that was? I mean, like, it was Joan Van Ark from oh. Knots Landing. Nice. Knott's Landing. No, I mean, okay. I know well, who it was. We I, I mean, like, it I'm like, like, okay, seven. great. You know, I mean, I understand. Like, you have to do hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. Most people don't, though. They'll do it on like a day where they have other. Like the Bravo Housewives, they do it on a day where they have to do like entertainment yeah. tonight. Yeah. I mean, that was the only time I had asked, I was asked for hair and makeup. Yeah. Other people I've asked and I'm like, no, but now I say yes. But it, literally, she's the only one. I mean, that's understandable. Yeah. Right. Um, there is a major housewife from Atlanta we're trying to get to, and I think she's trying to do it on a day where she's already, no, Miss... Should I say who it is? Sure. I don't know anybody from Miss Atlanta. Miss the one, the only, Kenya Moore. <laughs> oh, I love her. She's a, an icon. Is so, she still on Atlanta? Yep. Oh. She'll do it. She just wants to do it on a day where she's already made up, which is fine. I can wait. We have a six-month wait. She's wait on every show, by the way. She was on Fox Force, that Fox yeah, show. Yeah, what is that? It is over. I had someone on from it. I have to air that episode. God knows when it will Wait, air. Wait, Fox Force? No, I can't. Um, it was about like... Imposters. No, you're thinking of traitors. Kenya was on the like military. It was a Fox military show. They took people like Mel, Mel B. Oh, Dr. Drew was on that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. He was, was on the was same on episode as, as her. The whole season. You have to go for military training and it was... It's it was car. in Jordan. It, you, I mean, the things they did. First of all, the first episode, Kate Gosling gets hurt from jumping out of, like, you had to jump out of a plane. I saw it because I had I to can't. interview Dr. Drew about it. Yeah, I watched I want, it. You got to go through my guest list and pick someone you want, and then I got to start trading you. Okay, Kenya Moore. <laughs> I want, I would take Dr. Drew. Okay, I can get you that. I would take Dr. I've already Drew. gotten you two. You have. Do you want to tell them you who got I got me. You? I think one of – no, because I hate to announce guests. Because Kenya, I'm not announcing because she hasn't recorded. But you got me someone who is so fucking major. I got him someone who is so major and in less than three hours. And some people might say, what? Who I, I, I'm like you. I love a misunderstood story. That's why like, I'm all about your podcast. I, I've had people on here who are misunderstood. I love a drug recovery story. Yeah. And I love a misunderstood story. I love – I mean, one of my favorite interviews, I did the last interview ever for Anne Hayes. I know. That she's, I mean, she's somebody who's misunderstood. They, you know, we talked about it. Like the world thinks you're crazy because you walked into someone's home Mm. naked with saying you saw UFOs. Yeah, crazy. I mean, we didn't focus on that, but I asked, I mean, I asked a few questions. No, she answered. I said, what's the biggest misconception? You always have to find a way to get it in. Yeah. Because what am I going to do? Be like, you know, are you fucking crazy? (laughs) But I have to say... She was – I was like I, – I understand why people would think she was crazy from talking to her for an hour, but she's brilliant. That's mm-hmm. what I took away from it. I'm mm-hmm. like you are so high-level smart that I understand why people would think you were crazy, but I thought she was brilliant. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like her whole thing is like, you know, just like – she was like, I'm about love and honesty. That was my whole thing with Ellen. Like, cause I was trying to just say, be yourself. She was literally amazing. And all my interviews are not great, let me tell you. Hmm. Wait till you have someone on, Rachel, where you're like, that was not good. I don't know if the audience is going to know. The audience loves a lot of it. Right. 
But I have times where I'm like, man, we didn't connect, girl hmm. or guy. Um, so that's so that's your dream guest. Okay, well, I don't think you're paying fifty thousand for that. Oh, my other dream guest would be Rudy Giuliani, and I'll tell you why. Because he's tell me totally misunderstood. I mean, he's gone all the way to the deep end, right? Right now with yes. his political stuff, and he's in a lot of trouble. I guess I don't really follow him to where he is anymore. However, I used to. Um, obviously, with my connection with September 11th, I got a dog two days after September 11th, and I named him Rudy Giuliani. And I want to do a September 11th episode where I actually talk about the day of September 11th and go through that day with a guest, and I want it to be with Rudy Giuliani. I mean, people forget what a hero Rudy was. You could not walk into a room uh, without him getting a standing ovation. And before September 11th, I mean, he was on his way out of being a mayor at the time, obviously, because um, Mike Bloomberg, my boss at the time, came in as as mayor right after that. But um, he had cleaned up the city. I mean, you couldn't be in New York City and like leave your car unattended. You had to put the club. Do you remember the club? Yeah. In the steering wheel, you had to take your uh, radio out of the car when you left. Uh, if you parked on the street, it was totally unsafe. This guy was an animal. He cleaned up New York and he was a fierce, awesome guy and people loved him and he was having some issues personal issues with his wife and maybe a mistress or whatever and you know i, I kind of I forget the yeah that. i kind of no. forget the scenario but he was like living on someone's couch at the time like he, he wasn't living at home and anyways he was on his way out and that morning everything kind of changed for him he got resurrected i mean not that anything was bad but i think he was like inside you know dealing with his own was issues gone. was you know kind of having a hard time figuring out what he was going to do and he was leaving office and i mean i want to hear from him but all of a sudden he be, he totally showed up and was a hero for everyone that needed some answers and was right in the thick of it and in the middle of it and was amazing amazing and i named my dog after him and i had my dog for almost 20 years i had rudy giuliani for 20 years and it was the one man in my life this male dog that was the constant in my life and so i just i loved this dog and rudy was my biggest hero and he got me through everything so rudy would be the one guest and i wouldn't talk to him about anything political um, but I would just talk to him about I... only September 11th. So I think that would be a great moment for him as a guest too because I think he could actually focus for a second on something that he was really good at instead of going off on all these tangents and talking about crazy shit that he's been talking about lately. <laughs> I was here. I agree. He was – yeah. I mean he was – if you live in New York City, yeah. say what you want about him now. He was an absolute hero. Yeah. Beloved, and he cleaned the city up. And yeah. not for nothing, we could probably use someone like him today. Yes, true. With the way that New York City is focusing um, these days. But, you know, so we talked about, like, this mob mentality and why people jump on the bandwagon. And, you know, you said, why is Joy Behar calling you a hooker when no one's saying this against Tiger? Now we have the scandal, Vanderpump Rules. Mm. I mean, does that resonate with you? Am I the only person who sees the similarities between Rachel Yucatel and Raquel Levis? I mean, she was the other woman with Tiger Woods. Raquel was the other person with Tom Sandoval. I mean, Rachel, the hate that Rachel faced publicly from newspapers and tabloids, 
it was like 10 billion times worse than Raquel Levis. Do we do we forget that time? So I see the similarities. So sorry, Rachel, dear. I'm about to go there. We're about to talk Scandival. We're about to talk. Does she see herself in Raquel Levis? Because I do. And Tiger was beloved. No one thought he did anything wrong. I mean, the man was cheating on his wife. Okay, they thought he did a little something wrong, but not the same that she was persecuted. So I'm going to get off my soapbox. I see the similarities. We're about to talk about this and Scandival. And guess what? You only have to wait till tomorrow for part two of our chat with the one and only Miss Rachel, you could tell. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you, guys. See you soon. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.